Well, thank you, Lee, for that very cheerful music. Friends, welcome to our 11 o'clock service on this, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost. Welcome to those of you in the room. Many more we know who are joining us online. It's good to be together. Some of you are visiting with us. We're super honored that you have come. And we hope that you'll come back. Leave us some contact information. We'd love to begin the process of befriending one another. We can learn about you, needs, ways we might serve you. That would really be a uh, terrific thing. My name is James Howell. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Taylor Pride Barefoot. Good morning. It's so good to see you all in worship and to be in this place together. We all know that this is a time of transition, and as we transition to this new school year, this, this fall season, we encourage you to consider what it, what, where God might be calling you to get involved in the church. Uh, this week at Myers Park in our bulletin has lots of different opportunities for you to get connected, to form community, and to grow in your relationship with God, and we hope that you consider those as we continue on in worship together.
Church, as we continue to celebrate our one foundation, let us join our voices in the Apostles' Creed, which is found in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. It is our joy and pleasure at this service to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. We're kind of having a festival of baptisms this morning. Uh, we have three adults coming, Ty Owens, Izzy Smith, and Sarah Taylor Hartsema. Uh, and then Catherine Thomas Crawford bring Ruby Everett, and Jenny and Jordan Parker bring Hannah Margaret, and Kat and Ben Roberts bring June Louise. If you'd all come forward. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And when you nurture these children in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, profess their, sin open, their faith openly, and lead a Christian life. If so, say, we will. And will you, my, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include these families now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround these families with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them, that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea, their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus, who was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls on his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your Holy Spirit now to bless this gift of water in those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in your final victory. All praise you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Ruby Everett Crawford, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Anna Margaret Parker, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. June Louise Roberts, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Children of God, as you grow in age, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice to welcome you to the family of God. So at this time, uh, I'm going to invite Ty Owens, Izzy Smith, and Sarah Taylor Hartsma as they receive their holy baptism this day. Friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you these questions. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, please say, we do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representative in the world? If so, say, we will. And will you again, members of the Myra Park United Methodist Church, include these people in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ Will you surround them with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be a true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, let all God's people say, we will. We will. Ty, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sir Taylor, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Izzy, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's so hard. <laughs> Friends, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen. And at this time, I invite all those who will be joining our church today to come forward. As our friends line up, once again, we are reminded of the great privilege of welcoming new members into the life of the church. Of course, they've always been family the moment they stepped into our church. This is an outward declaration of their inward commitment to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, to be a part of Mars Park United Methodist Church as we grow in our faith together as a family of God. So I'm going to go through the line and invite them to say their name and where they uh, grew up. Hi, I'm Haley Hendren, Hurricane, West Virginia. Uh, Anthony Hendren, Lexington, Kentucky. These are our daughters, Ava and Eloise. Josh V, Columbia, South Carolina. Olivia Kane, High Point, North Carolina. Matt Rogers, Elka, North Carolina. Rebecca Rogers, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. 
I'm Annie Rogers from Andalusia, Alabama. Laura Rogers from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Ty Owens, Wilmington, North Carolina. Sarah Taylor Hartsima, Charlotte. Uh, Austin Hayes, Warwick, New York. Trace Smith, Burlington, North Carolina. Izzy Smith, and I'm from Charlotte. Marjorie Guy from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Zach Guy, Charlotte. This is Marshall. Alex Hollinsett, Upper Sandusky, Ohio, and this is Himalay Grace. Right. Christine Hollinsett, the Chicagoland area. Kelly Miller, and I grew up in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Friends, we welcome you with the love of Christ, and we are honored and excited that you will be with us on our journey toward a meaningful faith and humble service. And so I ask you, will you strive with us to follow Jesus Christ, put your old trust in his grace, and promise to serve God's people and the world? If so, please say, we will. As members of the body of Christ here at Mars Park United Methodist Church, will you faithfully engage in ministry by your prayer, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please say, we will. Family of God, I commend these new friends to your care and love. Will you do all in your power to encourage and walk with them as together we strive to increase our faith, confirm our hope, and grow in love and compassion? If so, please say, we will. We give thanks for all that God has given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. May God continue to establish you and to strengthen you that you may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ as the newest members of our church family here at Mars Park United Methodist Church. Following the worship service after the benediction, they're going to process out with us. Please do greet them in the narthex as we continue to let them know how grateful we are that they've joined us at our church. Friends, let us welcome them. Friends, we are reminded as our church family continues to grow through new membership and baptism that we are better together. This is a place where we can safely be the most broken versions of ourselves and still experience God's grace and love. Join me as we remember that as we pray the prayer for confession in our bulletin. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The epistle reading is Romans chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Uh, Thursday, about lunchtime this week, um, I looked at my sermon and I thought, it's done. It's all tidied up. It's ready to go. I can relax between now and Sunday. Uh, but then I went out on my Thursday afternoon bike ride. Things changed. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Here's what I had ready to go Thursday midday. I'm not going to give you the whole thing, just a little digest. Don't worry. Uh, I began by thinking about this passage that uh, Albert just read, and when I hear it, I don't know whether I have a happy memory or a little PTSD. The reason is this verse, do not be conformed to the world but be transformed, uh, rings in me because uh, when I moved in uh, my dormitory for my freshman year, uh, I showed up with my stuff, and uh, I was, I admit it, I was mostly interested in decorating. I had a Led Zeppelin poster. I had a Rolling Stones poster. I had two black light posters. I was ready to go, but my roommate preceded me and had already decorated the room. Like, dude, <laughs> bad start. And so I come in the room, and the featured piece is this large like, Bible verse. It's a Bible verse. I'm a college freshman. Like, I'm a heathen college freshman. Come on. And the Bible verse, his girlfriend had cross-stitched for him. It was this verse. It was from the J.B. Phillips translation. Every day of my freshman year, I saw it hanging there. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. I got come with Led Zeppelin. And I'm getting that. I think it was her way of saying, you boys better behave while you were there. Don't be conformed. It's actually good counsel. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. We're such creatures of conformity. Like, you know, you, you think you're your own person, but then you just copy all the styles that are out there. Parents, they've got their kids. I want my child to fit in. The world's crazy. You don't want your child to fit in. You don't want to fit in. There's something in the Christian life that is not about conformity to the world. Uh, Flannery O'Connor said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. We should dream of being a little odd. I wrote a book about saints years ago, and it was called Servants, Misfits, and Martyrs. You want to be a little bit of a uh, misfit, a misfit in the world. Uh, how should we say it? Um, this... Um, um, Romans 12 isn't saying you better behave. That's what I sense from uh, my roommate's girlfriend. Uh, actually, th this is pretty interesting. And what I'm about to tell you, by the way, uh, I told them this at 8.30. I thought it was very funny, and when I finished, no one laughed. So at 9.45, I alerted them that this is supposed to be funny and so as not to hurt my feelings when I'm, you too can laugh at this. So here goes. Romans chapter 12. I did extensive research this week. I studied the original Greek. I compared commentaries, and I made this startling discovery, is that Romans chapter 12 comes right after Romans chapters 1 through 11. <laughs> You're impressed? I know. It's actually no small thing, because sometimes we take something in the Bible and we kind of lop it off, and that actually does make us misunderstand it. If we read it in context, what's so interesting? is when Paul gets to Romans chapter 12, he's been talking for 11 chapters about one thing, and that is the mercy of God. Romans 12 doesn't say, you better behave, God's got some rules, you better follow them. Instead, it's saying, because God is so merciful, what kind of life makes sense? Because God is so merciful, what do you do with your body? Romans 12 says, present your body as a living sacrifice. Paul in Corinthians says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I experience that as God's mercy. Because otherwise, I've got to look at my body in the mirror and think, it's aging, it's too fat, it's too skinny, it's too wrinkly, it's too something. But there's mercy in being able to say, well, this is God's. It's God's temple, this body. There's mercy in that. I've been trying to think a lot about the mercy of God. My children periodically ask me, Dad, are you ever going to get a tattoo? And I'm kind of a sissy about pain. I understand it hurts, so I might not. But if I get a tattoo, I've been thinking about this. My tattoo will be one word simply. I'll have it on my wrist or my hand, and that one word will be mercy. I'm somebody who needs reminding 
that God is merciful. I need, I'm somebody who needs reminding that I can actually treat other people with mercy. Instead of getting annoyed with them or being in awe of them, I can treat them with mercy. I can actually look at that guy in the mirror and treat him with some mercy. The mercy of God. Anyway, I had this whole sermon crafted around that. I thought it was, you know, a pretty decent sermon. But then I went on my bike ride Thursday. This happened last Sunday, by the way, if you were here. I went on my bike ride, and the sermon totally changed. So here's what happened on Thursday. I'm out on my bike, and for some reason I was noticing, I guess it's a back-to-school thing, all these people have in their yard uh, these yard signs, and they're all about school spirit, you know, like, we cheer for the Vikings, or a Trojan lives here, or... You know, a honor student from Shamrock lives here and so on. I'm sort of taking note of these, thinking, God, yeah, these are cool. But then I saw this one sign. I just stopped my bike. And I took a photo of the sign, and I wanted to tell you about it. Because the sign that made me stop said, Home of a Saint. Home. It turns out this is from St. Anne's Catholic School, but I, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> So it just said, home of a saint. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to go up to the door and knock. Like, can the saint come out? I'd like to see. I have a pastor friend. I told him about it. He said, that's a lot of pressure on the people that live there, right? Home of a saint. It reminded me of the old uh, Quaker question. If you ask a Quaker, are you a Christian? The answer is never yes. The answer is, you'll have to ask my neighbor. Like, I love that. Are you a Christian? Yeah, you got to ask my, got to ask my neighbor. Home to a saint. And it made me think about uh, the uh, conformity thing. It's hard not to be a conformist. We're kind of conformist by nature, and it occurred to me, it just depends on to whom you're conforming. If you're com conforming to all the political ideology out there, the stuff that you see on TV, you know, good-looking actors or something, you know, like that, that's a lost cause. You need to give up on that. But if you are being conformed to a saint, then that might actually be your, your transformation. So I thought about our church. I wondered if we could put a sign outside that would say, home of a saint, or home of saints. I didn't have to think about it too long. I thought, I absolutely think we could put that sign out there. Then I had to name names, so let me name a few for you. We actually have saints here. You might be one of them, but you probably aren't aware of it. We might have saints here. Last service, a guy named John Booth was sitting here. We just recently elected John Booth as our lay leader. When I asked John, would you be the next lay leader, he was shocked to be asked. And he said, I feel so inadequate because he's following and he's having to step in some enormous shoes that were filled for a long time by Dick Carter, who was so very wise and holy and faithful and hardworking. He was fabulous. But we thought about John, because John's always reading his Bible and reading books about theology and thinking about things reflectively. He's kind to other people. He understands big picture church. He was our trustee chair, did such a good, diligent job with some difficult things. So he's a saint. He's a saint. Uh, Jerry Brady's been our head usher as long as I've been here and probably before that. And Jerry wants no attention, but he just ushers service after service after service. He comes here on Christmas Eve and he ushers all of our services, does it out of great love for the Lord. He's a saint. He's uh, tutoring uh, young Chuck Wright uh, in this. Chuck's not a saint quite yet, but he's um, <laughs> working on it. Uh, I think of different people, uh, Linda Hawfield. I, went to, I came to Linda a few years back and I asked her if she would co-chair our capital campaign for the building. And Linda said, um, I've never raised 25 cents in my life. And I said, you, you'll be perfect. You'll be perfect for this. And she has been because she's engaged in that with tremendous energy and faith and love for our church beautiful thing. We have these people in our church, they just show up and they do stuff. You know, we have a collection, they, they show up for a collection. We say we're serving. We do this, 160 meals every Thursday at Trinity's Table in the Brook Hill community. And the people, they show up every week and they serve that meal. I mean, that's, that's being a saint. Had a funeral the other day for Janet Bradshaw. 
Uh, Janet was the world's greatest Tar Heel fan. I mean, nobody's perfect, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and she married Bob Bradshaw years ago, who was a rabid, lifelong legacy Duke guy. Like, they stayed together and had a good marriage. Like, you just never know what will happen. Our Stephen ministers give their time to get trained and to be like pastors in the congregation. It's such a lovely thing. Rick McGee, I came to Rick McGee and asked him if he would chair our building committee. Rick said, James, I shouldn't chair the committee because I don't think we should have a new building. I said, Rick, you will be perfect. <laughs> and he has been perfect, but that's how, it's not a title. He spends hours and hours and hours every day, every week. We're not paying him. He just does this because he loves God, because he loves the church, because he, he believes in what can happen in the lives of teenagers. It's a beautiful thing. Speaking of teenagers, by the way, uh, <coughs> Back in June, I took high school seniors to the Holy Land. I tell people this, and they look at me like, oh, God, you took teenage? Why? Did you lose your mind or something? It was one of the great gifts of my life to take high school seniors to the Holy Land, one of the best experiences I've ever had. I want to keep doing it every year. And I thought about those high school seniors, and I thought that they're, they're on the way to being saints, and I think that's wrong. I think they are already saints. In the last week and a half, we've sent them off to various campuses, and I just want to say to those campuses, you better watch out because the hands and feet of Christ have just shown up on your campus, and nothing's ever going to be the same. I talked to a mom the other day. I called her a tireless mom. She cares for two children with huge challenges, and she also cares for her elderly parents. She's not tireless. She's got to be exhausted. <laughs> she said to me, I do this because I love them, but also I think of this as a way to honor God. That was a beautiful thing. One of our young adults, Taylor, was telling me about one of our uh, young adults who suffered more than anybody should suffer, much less to still have the tag young adult. But this young adult is so articulate at talking about what the resurrection of Jesus means to them and how that gives them so much um, hope and joy. It's a beautiful thing. We have people who write big checks to our church. And when I say that, you're thinking people with a lot of money. No. I'm talking about the people who, when they write their big check to the church, it is for them a big check. Like, they got to draw a breath and really think about it because it really costs them. But they do it because they love God. That's a saint. We have people who they stand with the vulnerable in the world. They're working on change in the world. Instead of politicizing everything that everybody else politicizes, they just go and they're, they're with people and stand with them and befriend them. It's a beautiful thing. We have people who take vacation time and instead of going to Jackson Hole or Paris, they go with Nathan R., which is some middle of nowhere, nothing place where it's dirty and hot and they work like dogs all week long. Saints. I saw some children the other day helping us serve the meal over at McCreesh Place. Saints in the making. It's a beautiful thing. Not one of them would hang a sign around their neck and say, I am a saint. Actually, I've named some people this morning. Their reaction has been interesting. Uh, when I was in Church in the Round, I turned to the singers and I said, oh, We have Luann Vaughn. Luann's eyes about popped out of her head. Like, me? That's always the way, isn't it, right? If you said, oh, of course, I'm glad you finally recognized my great holiness, that would disqualify that person from being a saint. But everybody I've named this morning, they've come up to me later and said, like, who, me? And that's always the way. And if we could ask them, what is it about you that makes you who you are, they'd all go back to that mercy thing. Mercy. And thinking about the mercy thing, as I was finishing my bike ride, I remember to him that I love that names mercy. I want you to listen to it. I'm going to sing it, but I'm asking Evan Curry to make it better to sing with me. <laughs> and it goes like this. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. 
Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. And here it comes. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It was the plural. Morning by morning, new mercies. I see, it was in the scripture reading, by the mercies of God. Mercy, God's mercy isn't just one thing. It's so extravagant. It's so all-enveloping. It's so going to penetrate everywhere that we have to speak of it in the plural. It is mercies. And maybe the best thing we could do with our lives is to spend our time reflecting on the new mercies that come our way every day. This morning you woke up. Did you think that that is mercy? That's what it was, God's mercy. You drew a breath just now. I saw you. I caught you. That's the mercy of God. The sun came up this morning. Some people say that's science. There is science, but it's also the mercy of of God. It's everywhere. I preached a sermon years ago when I was in Davidson about mercy, and there was a woman who, leaving, informed me she did not like my sermon. And what she said was chilling. She put her hand in my face and she said, everything I have, I've worked for and earned. And I just thought, what a sad, what a sad way to live. Everything that's good in my life has been mercy. Somebody's been good to me. Somebody's been kind to me. Somebody's been patient with me. Somebody stuck with me. Somebody put up with something stupid that I did. That was just this morning, much less yesterday and the day before. Somebody gave me a chance. Somebody overlooked something. There's so much kindness. There's so much goodness. I think about what we see through that web space telescope we're seeing so far into space but the god not just who made all of that but envelops all of that that god looks actually into your mind and your heart and god loves you with every fiber of god's being and you can't get away from it. you can't run from it you can't kill it i mean god that that god loves you and is attentive to you there's so much beauty we're still here Jesus was God with us. There's just so much mercy. This church, I don't know how you think about this church. It was like a big building, beautiful building, nice institution. This, this church is God's mercy for us. How merciful of God to give us a church. How merciful of God to give us the people in the church. Home to saints, people that we can conform ourselves to, and that would be our transformation. So much mercy, so much mercy, and that's the reason to do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the mercies, plural, of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, let, let us go to God in prayer together. Spirit of the living God, we gather to worship this day because we are loved by you and we seek to love you as you love us. Help us also to love our neighbors as we love ourselves as we are loved by you. Open the eyes of our hearts and grant us courage so that we may journey with the brokenhearted and the downtrodden, 
that we may journey with those who cry out for help, cry out for hope, and cry out for healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for assurance in the midst of uncertainty. We pray for peace in the midst of conflict. We pray for understanding in the midst of divisions. As the world's rhetoric become more and more broken and harmful, may our hearts become all the more compassionate, and may our words become all the more forgiving. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for your church. In this place, we encounter hope. We receive grace and mercy, and we embrace community. Community given to us as a gift from you. A community set apart to give witness to the world. A community of family with imperfect people to be sure, yet we follow the one who offers perfect love. May we open our arms to this love, your love, and in doing so, may we share such love with the world who thirsts for you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Trusting in the everlasting goodness and assurances of the promises of God, we are able to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As the ushers come forward, we are yet again reminded of the continuous ministries of our church. As many of you know, we will have our kickoff Sunday in two weeks' time. The workings of God continues in the midst thanks to your collective generosity and the goodness of God that is ever with us. Let us receive our morning tithes and offering with thanksgiving.
loving and gracious God, we offer our gifts to support Christ's mission to share your mercy. Bless these gifts and use our energy for good purposes so the world will know your loving kindness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It has been good to be together in God's house. Uh, we have some uh, ads about a new series that I'm beginning this week, emails, a couple of weeks. They're not long, not as long as usual. I get long-winded. I know these aren't so long. A video coming out now and then about how to become spiritual. You may already think you're a really spiritual person, but some you're probably struggling to figure that out. We try to help one another to grow into a meaningful, personal relationship with God. So I hope you'll uh, sign up and be part of that over the next few weeks. And now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore.